Petco Park, a new beginning. Let's go. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Baby said she wanna go to the game. Taught her how to say Padre gang. Started back rocking the brown. Ever since we've been knocking them down. Mitchell and Ness with the old school name. All of the homies holler Padre gang. Yeah, that. And good day, everybody. Welcome to episode 196 of the Talking Friars podcast and YouTube show. I am your host, Ben Fadden, coming to you after the San Diego Padres split their four-game set against the San Francisco Giants. Hopefully, everyone is doing well. This episode is brought to you by Gaglion Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries. You can visit gaglionbros.com to view their entire menu. Uh, the cheesesteaks, the garlic fries are amazing. Uh, Mission Gorge and Point Loma are their two locations outside Petco Park. Uh, go ahead and give them a visit today. If you want to have a cheesesteak or some garlic fries to make yourself feel better after these last two games, feel free. Uh, brutal. Brutal. Absolutely brutal. Carlos Rodon had a complete game against the Padres yesterday, and then today the Padres score, uh, what, one run? And the game was over after the fourth inning when it was like 8 nothing. And I said it on my post-game reaction uh, video that's out on the socials and on this YouTube channel. Hey, the difference right now is the Padres offense and the Dodgers offense. If, if you want to make it simple, go ahead and look at it like that. Padres offense, they have eight, or excuse me, the uh, pitching staff allowed eight runs today. The Dodgers pitching staff allowed at least eight runs today. And guess what happened? The Dodgers came back and won. The Padres scored one run. The Padres' offense is not there. It's nowhere near the pod, or the Dodgers' offense right now. It's just not on the same level. Uh, yes, the Padres are banged up. They're without their starting right fielder. They're without their starting left fielder. They're without their eighth inning guy uh, and some other bullpen options, right? I totally understand that. But at the same time, you know that even if those guys were on the team, there's still holes in the offense. I mean, Trent Grisham is not producing to the level Padres fans would have hoped in center field. Uh, the catching position's been a, a little underwhelming, especially when Austin Nola's been catching, right? Eric Hosmer is Eric Hosmer. He's a liability on defense. We saw that again today. We saw that multiple times this series where there was a throw, I think it was, what, Friday's game? Right to him, and he missed it. Uh, a little high, but he missed it. And then there was today, I think it was middle of the game, and or when Lamette was on the mound, ground ball to Lamette, and instead of going to first base to go catch the ball, catch the throw from Lamette, instead he goes and tries to get the ball and bumps into Lamette, and then he throws a slow ball over to Crony at first base, and the runner's safe. Like little stuff like that. Uh, Grisham had a couple balls. Hit over his head, just not going back on balls great uh, in center field. Just little stuff like that. It just felt like these last couple games of this series definitely explained why the Padres are now, what, eight games back of the Dodgers uh, for the division? They're not on the same level offensively, and their defense has been hurting them. Um, and so the Padres split this four-game set. We'll start with Thursday and Friday. Those were the two better games. Uh, and then Saturday and Sunday, obviously, the Padres lost. Also, there was a trade that went down. Robinson Cano traded to the Atlanta Braves today. I can talk about that. And the all-star rosters have been announced. 
Padres have two representatives, Manny Machado and Joe Musgrove. So we'll discuss that as well and go over all of the rosters uh, for both the American League and the National League. Turbo with the comment here asks, playoff team question mark? Uh, yes, I still think the Padres are a playoff team. They have about the same record that they did last year at this time in the season. And Tatis had played a lot of games for the Padres. And the team was more healthy at that point than it is right now. Um, so having the best player on the team come back, I, I think that the Padres will still be in a good spot. I still believe in the pitching. Yeah, McKenzie did not pitch great at all today. He sucked today, quite frankly. Um, but I still trust that Preller will make a couple moves to improve the offense and the bullpen, so maybe one move in each area, and guys will be coming back in the bullpen. Uh, and I don't expect Gorder to, to pitch like he did today and those rocky starts, a couple starts there for the entire season. Um, so that's what we got going today. Thursday, Padres won 2-1. to one. Definitely a nerve-wracking game. Shout-out to Ted Leitner and Larry Lucchino for getting inducted into the Padres Hall of Fame. Uh, great speeches. Ted Leitner, I could listen to that guy's talk all day long. Um, obviously, in Thursday's game, the big news was Jerks and Profar going down with that injury. Just I was at the game, and the crowd like went silent when this happened. It was just a really, really scary thing that happened. And um, obviously, everyone knows what happened already. Everyone saw the play. C.J. Abrams, Jerks and Profar, they're merging on trying to catch the, uh, the shallow pop-up into left field. And no one's communicating, or if they were, uh, it was hard to hear. And C.J. Abrams' knee goes right into Jerks and Profar's head. Head snaps, snaps back, and he ends up having a concussion and a neck strain. And that was really, really scary, seeing Jerks and Profar get up, walk, and then collapse. And it's, that, that was, I, had, I was tearing up a little bit there. Like, that's just so, so scary. And obviously, that would suck if it happened to anyone. You know, even a Dodger, obviously. It would suck if it happened to anyone because at the end of the day, these guys, they're still humans, right? But to have it to happen to Jerks and Profar, who's our leadoff hitter, and just such a big energizer, if that makes sense, to this team, you know, always smiling and all that, uh, that made it suck even more. And I love that he had the fist pump uh, in the air as he was going off, so that made it seem like, you know, he was okay. And he went to UCSD, and we heard that uh, he had the next strain, the concussion, a couple days ago. Um, and he's resting. Annie Hollibrun said today that he was in the clubhouse. So that's good news. And hopefully he's back after these seven days. Uh, he's on the seven-day IL, and Brent Rooker was called up to replace Jerks and Profar on Friday. Rooker didn't play. He started Saturday and Sunday's game, did not get a hit. Uh, but I, I kind of like what I've seen from Rooker. He had a really good throw on Saturday. We'll get to that those games in a little bit. But Profar was the big story, obviously. Uh, but it was great Thursday. You know, Manny came through with the home run to left. That was his first home run uh, since coming back from that ankle um, where he missed time. Joe Musgrove was amazing. It, it was kind of embarrassing that the Padres weren't able to give him, get him that win because of how well he pitched. I mean, 
There were some people saying that Snell pitched the best among all the Padres starters in this series. I think that it was Joe Musgrove. Um, he allowed one hit, seven innings, no runs, six strikeouts. ERA is now at 209, and now he's an all-star, deservedly so. Uh, and what a way to have your last start uh, before those rosters were announced. I mean, totally just nailing down that all-star appearance. You know, like if anyone had any doubt, and they didn't, I think he was the third highest vote getter among pitchers, uh, you know, those among the pitchers that the players voted for uh, behind Alcantara of the Marlins and I want to say Corbin Burns of the Brewers. So he definitely deserves it. Uh, and he was the reason why the Padres were able to get it to extra innings. Uh, that's how bad the offense was. I mean, Manny had the home run early and that was it. Logan Webb pitched fine. I think he actually pitched better than fine. But um, when your starting pitcher allows one hit, you got to score more. You got to score some runs for him. You know, put something together. Uh, I think they had bases loaded a couple times in this game, didn't come through. Um, but yeah, you just got to score more runs in that situation. And thank goodness that Musgrove was this good because it got to extra innings uh, after Taylor Rogers choked it with that one run lead. Um, Hit a batter. Nola allowed the stolen base to second, and then Crawford had the single through Hosmer and Crony into right field. That tied the game at one. In the bottom of the 10th, uh, Kim had the double. Kapler walked Nola to bring up Grisham. I didn't really understand that move. I was sitting there in the upper deck. I was like, what is Kapler doing here? Like, Bob Melvin outmanaged Gabe Kapler in this series, definitely the first two games of it. Why are you walking Austin Nola, who I know he's a contact guy, but you have a pretty good chance of getting him out, and you walk him to bring up Grisham, who you know has been a bunt god for the Padres. He, you knew, at least I thought, if I was Gabe Kapler, I know that Trent Grisham's going to be bunting in this situation. There's no way that he's swinging. No outs, first and second. You're bunting Kim over to third. That's exactly what happened. He didn't just bunt him over. He got to first base as well, so that loaded the bases, and that was the game. I mean, and then Jorge Alfaro, he, he uh, pinch hits. Alfaro comes in, and he has the walk-off. Uh, let's effing go San Diego times two. That was the second time that he did it during my post-game reaction. I, uh, you could hear Alfaro cussing in the background, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but he's, I mean, it was great. I hope everyone saw it on social media, the Padres dugout. Uh, everyone was waiting for Alfaro to say it. Like, Annie Halbrun probably knew that it was coming to end that interview, and the entire Padres dugout was standing there just waiting, waiting for it to happen, and when it happened, they went nuts. Like, they clinched a playoff spot or something. And so I kind of clipped that video, and I'm going to use it sparingly on social media when something's... Maybe in a sarcastic way. I know I did that today. Padres finally got a hit. C.J. Abrams got a hit in like the fifth or the sixth inning, something like that, because there was no offense from the Padres. And sarcastic, I was like, Padres got a hit. And then I posted the video of the Padres dugout going nuts when Alfaro uh, said LFGSD again. Um, that was, I guess, the highlight of the game, right? I mean, Musco pitched great. It was great to get the win because they won it for Profar, right? Um, but it was also kind of a disappointing win just because the offense wasn't there. 
you know. Uh, Turbo asks, what do you think about Rooker? Yeah, he debuted on Saturday um, and then played Sunday as well. I like what I've seen out of him so far. I know it's, you know, minimal playing time. But I think it's kind of like with Mazzara. Like, give this guy a chance to play every day. I think he can have a bigger impact on the team than Jose Azokar can. And I think Mazzara can have a bigger impact on the team than Azokar can, you know? Play those guys every day in the corners and see what you can get. And you can rotate Azokar and Grisham in center if you want to. Like, they need power in this lineup right now. And where are you going to find it? Not Jose Azokar, right? So you might be able to find it with Rooker, who had a ball to the warning track today. And you might be able to find it with Mazzara. And in fact, they have found it a little bit with Nomar Mazzara. And he's hitting, he's, I think he's 5 for 10 off of lefties this year. But they continue to sit him, at least starting games, when a lefty's on the mound. I, I just don't understand it. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of the outfield situation with Rooker. Padres won on Thursday 2-1, to one, improved to 48-36. and 36. They would win on Friday night 6-3, improved to 49-36. and 36. And, and then they lost these last two games. And so they're now 49-38, and 38, eight games back of the Dodgers. Uh, what happened on Friday here? Rooker was called up for Profar on the seven-day IL. Uh, before the game, I actually talked to A.J. Preller in person. I, I'm not, I've said it multiple times already. I'm not going to be this person that comes on here and says, uh, I've been talking to people inside the organization and sources say this. I'm not going to do that. I'm a Padre fan. My family has season tickets. I want to give, if I have news, I'm going to give it and tell you the source because I want you guys to believe it. And I post selfies on social media so you guys believe uh, who I'm talking to. And I'm not just putting it out there for attention. I'm putting it out there so that the fans can actually get information that they you know want to believe because it's from the higher ups you know i talked to peter seidler earlier this year about a joe musgrove extension and he can and he told me it's just going to take time and that he'll that i should put trust in him so there you go i'll put trust in him i talked to aj preller on friday before the game about joe musgrove again about an extension and he was he was honest i asked is there any progress on musgrove and he literally replied saying, eh. So that, that wasn't very encouraging. But he replied with that, and he said that he was talking, he's talking to Joe Musgrove's agent. You know, that's pretty much all he can do. Uh, what he also can do is, you know, increase the price. But, you know, Seidler has to approve of that. I don't know why Seidler wouldn't, especially, you know, Joe Musgrove, San Diego kid, 209 ERA, just pitched seven innings, didn't give up a run against the Giants. Uh, one hit, like he's the guy you extend. I don't know why they wouldn't increase the offer, and I think they will. They probably already have, but you got to get rid of this incentive-laden contract stuff. Like Musgrove wants the money guaranteed, and I think he deserves the money guaranteed. Like he is the ace of this staff. The Padres have one of the best starting rotations in the entire league. Joe deserves it. You know, give it to him. So that's the Musgrove update. I also asked Preller about why he brought up Brent Rooker over Esther Ruiz because that's obviously a, a topic conversation because a lot of fans want Esther Ruiz up and seeing him play center field because they see him doing really well in the minor leagues. And so I asked Preller about that, and he gave me the response I thought he was going to give me, and that was that Rooker already is on the 40-man roster. Ruiz is not. So if Ruiz was going to be put on the 40-man, someone would have to be dropped. And the Padres didn't want to do that. 
I'm not sure if Cano was on the 40-man before he got traded today. If he wasn't on the 40-man, then they'd still have to make room for Ruiz. But if he was, you would think that Ruiz would be the obvious choice to be put on the 40-man. Um, so that's the update. Not surprising why Rucker was called up. 40-man decision. Uh, he's played in the big leagues already. Want to give Ruiz more time in the minors. I guess I understand that. Profar is a corner outfielder. He's the one that got hurt. He's the one that went on the IL. Ruiz is more of a center fielder. And Rooker and Mazzara, they're you know the corner outfielders. Profar is the corner outfielder. So it, it did make sense to have a corner outfielder, someone who can play left, uh, be put on the roster. Um, so that was the updates before the game. I met Jake Cronenworth before the game. That was awesome. Um, I was there hours and hours and hours before the game. I'll just say that. Uh, and it was perfect timing when I got him. Uh, I, I've been trying for a while uh, and finally got to meet him. So that was really, really cool. And a lot of people were saying that I looked like Jake's little brother. Um, I'm not. Uh, thanks for the compliment. I, I wish. Um, that would That would come with a lot of perks, obviously. Uh, but some people said the same thing about me in 2019, uh, with, when I posted a picture with Paddock and we looked like identical, uh, people thought I was his son. Um, some people, there was a couple years ago, some, uh, guy came up to me and said that I looked like Will Myers' brother, or I looked like Will Myers, I think period is what he was saying. Uh, so I guess I like that compliment, um, Crony's being Crony's little brother, if that's what people think, go ahead. Um, but yeah, that was cool to meet him. That was on Friday. Uh, and the Padres got this win. That was this was the best win that they had in the series. I know Thursday was, you know, the big dramatics and all that, uh, with the walk-off, but they scored six runs, bottom of the first. I mean, just perfect. Just City Connect debut, which I I, I think the players looked really good in the uniforms, by the way. But uh, bottom of the first, I mean, you couldn't map it out any better. Kim leading off, which I thought Nola was going to lead off when he's catching. I don't know if he, I don't think he caught. No, Alfaro, I believe, caught on Friday. But when he's leading off, I thought, or if Nola was playing, I thought Nola was going to be leading off. That wasn't the case. Kim led off on Friday, singled. Then Crony came up with a double. Then Manny homered, made it 3 nothing, Gave Blake Snell some room, made him really comfortable. And then he pitched well. Uh, you know, Mazzara had two RBI hits. One was off a lefty. Again, five for 10 against lefties. Play that dude every day, please, Bob Melvin. Uh, but Blake Snell pitched really good. Yeah, you know, the fourth inning, got into some trouble, walked two to load the bases, but got a, uh, Thyro Strada to fly out and then struck out Brandon Crawford to end the inning. Six innings for him, one earned run, three hits, only walked two and struck out 11. Gave up that one home run. Um, I was actually at the Padres Twitter meetup when that happened. Uh, but, um, I mean, he, this is very encouraging from Blake Snell because obviously, you know, that Philly start stands out or was it the Phillies? No, 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 not the Phillies. He pitched pretty good against the Phillies. It was, uh, the Mets start right at Petco earlier this year where he had that like 40 pitch first inning or something crazy like that. And it was like, dang, this Blake's, he's just not getting better. This keeps coming up. And I'm not saying next start, he can't have another blow up inning or anything like that. 
But these last couple starts, at least from my knowledge, from my recollection, he's been pitching really well, and he hasn't let innings, uh, you know, snowball into anything really, really bad. So that's the good, the really good news from Snell. Uh, and I liked what I saw out of him on Friday night. He was pretty darn consistent. Again, the fourth inning got in a little bit of trouble, but other than that, I mean, he was really attacking the zone. Uh, and he's not using his changeup. I wanted to note this. wasn't He's not using his changeup as much anymore, uh, at least right now, because he just has other pitchers right now that are working. Uh, so he just doesn't feel the need to throw the changeup. So it's not necessarily in timeout. It's just other pitchers are working better. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? Um, Nick Martinez, I did want to shout him out too. After Snell's start, three innings, one earned run, two hits, walked two, struck out three. Uh, yeah, he made a couple of mistakes, but he's been really, really good um, for the Padres out of the bullpen. I know he's probably pissed off that he's not in the rotation, and there's definitely times this season where you can make the argument that Nick Martinez should have been in the starting rotation and maybe Blake Snell shouldn't have been. But, you know, Snell's making more money. They're, they're just going to put him in the rotation. Uh, and I'm sure Preller had conversations with Martinez going into the contract that he signed saying, hey, we're going to have a stacked rotation, a lot of guys, a lot of arms that are starters uh, at some point this season when they're healthy, and we're probably going to use you in a, a piggyback-type role. And if you want to win, sign up here. If you don't, well, okay, then maybe go to another team. Go to the Giants. I know the Giants, I think, were in second place for Martinez. But he has been pitching really, really good in relief um, for the Padres ever since he went to the bullpen. I think that was against Philly in Philly earlier this year. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's when it was. Uh, but, yeah, shout-out to Nick Martinez. I mean, just that fastball, when the fastball is working and the changeup obviously complements that, Just he's nasty, absolutely nasty. Um, went over Preller, what he told me before the game Friday. Um, Jacob Zimmerman, my cousin, he was trying to be funny. So he, uh, he left me a voicemail. I'm going to play it real quick. I know it wasn't playing last time that I played the voicemails, but that was on my computer. And so this time, oh, I don't have the app. Hold on one second. I got to pull up the voicemail real quick. If you have any questions, feel free to put them in the chat right now while I pull this voicemail up. Uh, I do see these comments here. Mills says, Padres staff doesn't care about winning this year. They're putting their chips in on the next couple years, I think. I disagree with that. I think they care about winning this year. I also think that it would be dumb to put all of their chips in for this year when they see the Dodgers are a better team than them. And I, I think having Tatis back uh, and seeing how he does, uh, well, actually, that's not really a good point because the trade deadlines right when he comes back. So scratch that. But I think they're banking on Tatis playing really well, and I think they'd kind of be foolish to not bank on bank on that and be like you know be in panic mode and saying I don't believe in our best player and our MVP candidate that he's going to perform when he comes back like even if he doesn't 
like shortstop production, yeah, you'd want it to be better with Kim and Abrams, but that's not the main problem. Like first base, center field, and catcher is kind of the main offensive problems for me right now. So will they upgrade one of those? You know, I feel like a move in the outfield is, would come at some point. Contreras, I guess, is on the table. I think they'd have to give up too much for him. I think, and, you know, when I'm talking about Padres, yeah, I think that might be too much, you know, the Contreras price tag and all that. That's them being smart and thinking about the future a little bit. Like, you can't go all in. I don't think it would be smart for them to go all in on this year. Even, I know they have a big payroll, $200 million payroll, all that stuff. You know, it's probably like around 228 right now, 229. I understand that. But at the same time, going all in when you know that there's holes in this roster, I don't know if that's the best thing to do when the Padres are not a top three team probably right now in the National League. You know, the Braves, Mets, and Dodgers feel like those are better teams than the Padres right now. And then the Yankees, obviously, Astros, but that's the American League. So you're going to have to get through the Dodgers. I don't think going all in this year, I'm not saying, now look, should they go make upgrades? Should they go in this year? Of course they should go in. But all in, they still have a bright future if they don't win this year, you know? And the season's not over, obviously. You know, fans can panic all they want. There's still a lot of time. But I don't think, Mills, I disagree. I think they care about winning. I don't think it's smart for them to put all of their chips in for this year. I think they're putting some of them in for the next couple years because you don't want to be good for one year. You want to be good for, you want to make that sustainable. You want to make, you want to be good for multiple years down the road, you know? All right, let's get to, oh, hang on. There's one more comment here. Trying to load up the voicemail before I get to the comments. All right, one more here from JD's third. Ben, there are teams that won't do business with Preller, 70%. Will this make the deadline another lackluster one? I haven't seen that report. I don't know where that report is, that 70% of teams won't do business with Preller. I guarantee you that they will do business with him if he offers them, you know, Robert Hassel III or C.J. Abrams or Luis Camposano, right, someone like that. I think they would do business. Or maybe even like Denelson Lamette for Joey Gallo. Like, I think they would do business with him. I think that he just doesn't want to give up those top prospects. James Wood, another one. I don't think he wants to give those guys up because he is looking towards the future a little bit, you know? And that's the smart. You can't go all in when you got teams that are better than you right now, I, I think. And you can hate on that take all you want. I'm a season ticket, or my family has season tickets. I want them to be all in. But I also have to look at it from his point of view and see that he's trying to build a strong team for years and years and years to come. There's still going to be a strong team this year if he makes one or two upgrades and doesn't trade away Hassel, Wood, Abrams, you know? Like, I hope, hopefully you get my point there. I don't think that, so to answer that question, not team's not willing to do business with Preller. Yeah, that can make the deadline a, a lackluster one, but I don't think teams are unwilling to do business with him because of his personality or anything. I think 
He's just not offering what the Pirates want for Brian Reynolds or what the Cubs want for Wilson Contreras. That's all I think it is. Yeah. All right, let's get to the voicemail from my cousin Jacob. I don't know if he was available today. I probably could have brought him on, but he did this voicemail anyway, so I was uh, just going to play it. A little funny, but uh, here is Jacob uh, with the question about the outfield after Profar's injury, and then we'll get to Saturday and uh, Sunday's game. the whole Profar situation and how that will affect the top of the order um, and the outfield. I mean, he's had a bunch of good uh, outfield assists throwing runners out, and he's been a very solid leadoff batter so far. So I'm curious your thoughts on how it will um, hurt or, you know, how it will affect the uh, lineup and the defense overall as a team. Thank you. A uh, big fan of the show, by the way. Um, and go Padres. All right, so that's Jacob. Thank you. Um, again, if you want to be a part of the show, 619-335-5770. That is the voicemail number. If you want any questions, any comments, or anything, feel free to hit up that number, and I'll feature you on the next episode of the show when it's appropriate. Uh, so Jacob's question for anyone that didn't really hear real well or anything, it was about Profar and what he thinks about, or what I think about the lineup and how that affects the outfield. And what I would say is losing Profar, it really sucks. This isn't Trent Grisham that they're losing. It, it's their leadoff guy. And now they got to resort to having Jose Azokar play almost every day, or at least that's what Bob Melvin's been doing. You know, now they got to resort to Trent Grisham batting leadoff. I, I don't really love that. They got to resort to Hassan Kim batting leadoff when he's healthy. He came out of yesterday's game with the middle with a bit of a thumb injury. I don't like that. So, yeah, Profar and the energy. I talked about it earlier with the energy that Jerks and Profar gives to the Padres team. You know, like some of that, same with Tatis, like some of that is irreplaceable. So it's a huge impact. And what I see the impact is, you know, positive impact or positive, I guess, snowball effect here is that Brent Rucker gets some at-bats. But there's a lot more negatives than positives because it definitely weakens your lineup. That's for sure. You got a weaker leadoff hitter. And Rooker, yeah, he made a good throw yesterday. But Profar has been amazing in left field. You know? So, yeah, it's it's a big impact. Um, moving on to Saturday's game, Padres, they're, they were napping, I think, the entire game. I mean, Carlos Rodon was great. But Padres lost 3-1. to one. Scored one or two runs, excuse me, two runs in their last two games. One run on Saturday, one run on Sunday. Uh, Stammen was put on the 15-day IL with the shoulder issue uh, before the game. Lamette was called up. Lamette today uh, pitched two and a third innings, gave up three runs, four hits, two walks, and four strikeouts. I thought he pitched fine. Uh, it, was, it was good to see him back on the mound uh, at Petco. But Stammen... I saw a stat like he was it's the first time since like 2017 or 17 or 19 
where he was put on the IL where it wasn't like COVID or anything like that. So he's durable. I know he hasn't been great, and he's not like this high leverage guy that the Padres are you know, going to go to all the time. But uh, it's still a blow because you can still rely on him to pitch some innings when games aren't going the way you want them to, right? Lamette can do that. Uh, but now you're in a situation where you're going to ride with Taylor Scott in those games, you know? I think he's been pitching pretty well, but he's not, he's, he's not a veteran, you know? Uh, so that was the news before the game. Uh, top of the second, I mean, Darvish pitched really well. Top second, Darvish loaded the bases on two hits and a walk, but he got the fly out to left, and Rooker made a good throw, but Nola didn't come up with the catch. I put the video out on Twitter at Talking Friars, and uh, it was a great throw by Rooker. It was right to Nola, and Nola, like, it's almost like he tucked his hand back and didn't go and catch the ball, and he would have tagged, was it Brandon Belt? Whoever was running from uh, third to home, they didn't slide, so he would have been out. Didn't matter. The Padres would have still lost 2-1 to one if Flores would have still hit that two-run home run uh, in the eighth inning off Luis Garcia. I mean, Darvish, 101 pitches, seven innings, one earned run, three hits, two walks, six strikeouts. He gave up one hit, only one hit after the second inning. Um, and this was it was a pitcher's duel. Both guys were pitching really, really well. And it was just a matter of pitch count, battle of the pitch count. Who was going to come into the game or come out of the game earliest? And that was Darvish because he had to pitch a few more pitches uh, after Nola didn't make that tag. And there were some walks. And he just didn't have as many swings and misses uh, as Rodon did. I mean, Rodon was solid, really solid. Nine innings, complete game out of him, three hits, one run. Walked two, struck out 12. He had like 27 swing and misses. Just a lot. It was like the first time a Giant did that since like Tim Lincecum no-hit the Padres at Petco way back when. Um, you know, Rodon deserved to win the game, but I think Darvish did too. And Garcia let him down. But more important, it wasn't just Garcia. It was the Padres offense. Like I said in my reaction yesterday after the game, I understand Rodon was great, but like Crony said after the game, you got to find a way to put together some runs, uh, regardless of how well the pitcher's pitching. You know, when Darvish pitches that well, it's a shame that he lost that game, you know? Um, and just because I wanted to bring this up too 22 San Diego hitters retired in a row. That's not what I wanted to bring up, but uh, that was a tidbit, obviously, that I had written down. What I wanted to bring up was Eric Karras on this Fox broadcast. I mean, they clean it up, man. I loved hearing Don on there, but it was a tough, tough listen. I don't know about you guys, but holy cow. He, that ninth inning really, really irritated me. His comments, like, you played in the big leagues, dude. Like, do you not know what a strike zone is? A strike zone's a strike zone. It shouldn't be ob objective. And what I'm referring to is in that ninth inning, Jake Cronenworth struck out on Carlos Rodon's Fastball, I think it was, or it might have been a breaking ball, whatever. That's not the point. It was like a foot outside, and the home plate umpire, Dan Bellino, yeah, Dan Bellino, the creep that fondled Mad Bum's hands in Miami earlier this year, he was the home plate umpire. He rung up Crony on a pitch that was way outside, and Eric Karros, like, agreed with the call. He was like, and I put this videos out on Twitter as well at Talking Friars. He literally said, yeah. 
Rodon's earned that strike call today. What is that? What does that mean? Earn the strike call? It's a strike or it's a ball. You know, like, that's why we need these robot umps. Like, there's no, there shouldn't be any earning ball or strike calls. Like, you can have a great stat line because you pitched amazing, but that doesn't mean that the umpire all of a sudden, I'll give, I'll give you a strike here even though it's a ball because you've struck out a lot of guys today. Like, that's not the way this works. It's either a strike in the strike zone or it's not, and that pitch was not. And so saying that Rodon earned it, it's an idiotic comment, I think. It, it makes no sense. So Eric Karos, uh, I'm, uh, just makes me appreciate mud even more. I mean, my goodness. Uh, so Padres lost on Saturday, 3-1. Don't want to talk about that game too much. I mean, except Darvish's excellence, right? Hassan Kim had the bases loaded in the second inning, I think. Uh, the one run the Padres scored was on an air, so that tells the story there. And Kim had bases loaded, and I think he grounded into a double play in the it was I think it was the third actually. Now that I think about it, uh, and that was their chance. After that, Rodon rolled. Um, so yeah, Padres lost three one. Forty nine and thirty seven was their record. Um, oh yeah, one more thing I wanted to talk about this. I, I mentioned it on the pregame show today, and that was Voit and Hosmer and the lineup decision. They had Voit starting yesterday's game and Hosmer sitting. Both have reverse splits, so. Hosmer's hitting 345 off of left-handed pitching. He's obviously a lefty, so he's doing good off lefties. Rodon was a lefty, and he sat yesterday. And Voigt isn't doing so hot off of lefties. He's doing good off of righties. He has zero home runs versus lefties and hitting 243 off of them. But he played against a lefty yesterday. I know that the Padres could you know, say, well, Ben, there was a scheduled off day weeks in advance for Hosmer, and you didn't know the pitching matchup. Okay, but... You can't have the off day be today where he was not great defensively again. Um, like that, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. You know, play the matchups, especially when it's Voight and Hosmer, play the matchups. You know, both aren't amazing defensively at first. So make it about hitting, make it about that. And, you know, I've said this already in this episode, I've said it multiple times, multiple occasions. Uh, Start Mazzara every day against lefties. Try it. See what he can do against lefties. He's 5 for 10 off of them this year. You know? If you don't put him in the lineup and start him against lefties consistently instead of having him pinch hit in a 11 nothing game today, I think that's what it was when he pinch hit today. Like, what are we doing? If you don't start him, we're not going to know if he can impact this offense and provide some more power in this offense when lefties are on the mound. You're, you know, you're not maximizing his impact or at least trying to maximize his impact, right? So that those couple things kind of irked me about the Padres lineup this weekend that I noticed. Uh, Sunday's game, Padres today lost 12-1. to It was bad. I went to today's game, and it was over after the fourth inning or probably more like the second inning. Uh, Gore sucked. Gave up two home runs, a lot of hard contact. Up the middle, there were bloopers up the middle. Nothing was going right. Manny DH'd. Uh, I'm glad he DH'd. Uh, just pretty much give him a day off there. But Gore didn't get out of the fourth inning, three and a third innings of work. Eight earned runs, gave up seven while he was on the mound. Uh, eight hits, walked one guy, so it was a lot of contact. Uh, two strikeouts, gave up those two home runs, like I mentioned. 
And this was this was definitely it wasn't a start like Colorado at home that one start against the Rockies earlier this year, where Gore just didn't really have command. Like he was like in terms of like inside the strike zone, he was not throwing strikes consistently. That was his problem then. Today it was just a lot of hard contact. Um, he was throwing some he was throwing strikes. Just and he said after the game, there's no excuses to how bad he was. He just wasn't you know hitting his spots uh, that's kind of what i saw i wasn't watching on tv so i didn't have the best angle obviously but that's what i saw watching the game uh lamette pitched two and a third innings i already talked about this three runs four hits two walks four punch outs not gonna take a whole lot from it it was first time back his first time back uh and i like seeing him back on the mound i think i'd rather have him and maybe he's building up his trade value. Maybe this is why the Padres are doing it. I'd rather see Castillo over Lamette, but I'd rather see Lamette over Stammen right now, right? And Stammen's on the IL, so there's that. Uh, Matthew Batten, this kind of shows how bad the game was. Matthew Batten pitched in the ninth inning. Austin Nola was at third base. Batten gave up a home run. Wilmer Flores got him. Flores, sorry, that does not count as a home run. I know it does technically, but he hit one off Matthew Batten. Like, stop you know uh, that's a cheap home run uh but Padres there's literally not a whole lot to talk about in this game 12 to 1 they lost Gore sucked the offense sucked there you go sum it up in like 10 words there you go um Cano was traded to the Braves today for cash considerations from what I saw he was hitting pretty well as of late in AAA and there's not a whole lot to say about this Cano move cool they got cash back Maybe they can use that for the Musgrove extension. <laughs> like, that's kind of the takeaway. Like, Cano, thanks for mentoring CJ for a little bit and Angie Rosario and Esther Ruiz. Thanks. Uh, you know, props to you for signing back in El Paso uh, and being willing to wear those SpongeBob uniforms and all that. Like, props to you. But I, I can't say I'm going to miss Robinson Cano. He wasn't going to be called up again, you know, so give him to the Braves. Hopefully he doesn't hit off a walk-off. He does, Hopefully he does not hit a walk-off off the Padres in the National League wildcard series game three, you know. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. Um, but that was a move that came down today. He obviously did not do well at the major league level for the Padres, so I'm not going to lose sleep over that. Uh, Joe Musgrove, during the game today, that was announced on the Jumbotron, he is named an all-star. Talked about that earlier already a little bit. Manny is also joining him in Hollywood. Two Padres are on the all-star roster. Only two. Not a surprise. Uh, I didn't think that Crony was going to get into it, into the game or onto the roster. He might still due to injuries or guys just not electing to play. Uh, but just looking at, you know, Albies and Chisholm, thought they were going to make it, so kind of, and then Tommy Edmond, that kind of took Crony out of it. Uh, but Manny deserves it, obviously, starting at third base over Nolan, and he deserves to do that. And then Musgrove deserves to be pitching either second or third in the All-Star game. Uh, just how great his number has been. His, his ERA is around two. He's had one bad start this year, and it was against the Phillies. And Cronenworth wasn't even playing that day on his bobblehead night. So he's been amazing, absolutely deserves the All-Star game. It was cool to meet him today and take a picture with him. He was really nice. Uh, and uh, the Musgrove family, they raised a really good guy. And hopefully 
he'll stay here long term. I said when I met him today, I was like, I hope you stay here for a long time, man. And he was like, I hope so too. So hopefully an extension gets done. And I'm glad that Musgrove and Manny are headed to the All-Star game. I want to pull up the rosters for both teams just to I'm not going to talk about them a whole lot. Maybe there's some sl- some snubs that I see. Just I haven't looked at the rosters fully yet because I just got back from the Padre game. But here are the All-Star reserves. These are the guys that got named to the team today. They're, the starters are already out, NL and AL. Uh, but Jordan Alvarez, DH, Luis Arise, first base, Andrew Benintendi. Maybe he's a Padres potential trade candidate uh, that they'll be discussing before the deadline. He's an outfielder reserve. Xander Bogart, shortstop for the Red Sox. Byron Buxton, Miguel Cabrera as a legend, him and Pujols. Uh, Andres Jimenez, former Met. Two Guardians players, two Guardians infielders. Jose Ramirez, who the Padres tried to get before the season. Uh, Julio Rodriguez hit that bomb off of, I think, Stammen. Uh No, Manaya. Was it Manaya or Stammen? Uh On July 4th, absolute bomb. He's on the All-Star team, probably Rookie of the Year right now. George Springer. Jose Trevino of the Yankees, and then Kyle Tucker of the Astros. Those are the National League reserves. Uh, position players, all-star pitchers, Paul Blackburn, Emmanuel Classe, Garrett Cole, Nestor Cortez, Clay Holmes, Jorge Lopez, uh, Alec Manoa, Shane McClanahan, who, based on numbers, he might start the all-star game, but Shohei Otani probably. He's, a, he's listed as a pitcher here. He'll probably DH and start the all-star game. Martin Perez, uh, the the pitcher for the Rangers, Gregory Soto, reliever for the Tigers, and then Framer Valdez and Justin Verlander. Verlander's another candidate to start the All-Star game for the American League. So those are the AL rosters. And then the National League pitchers, Sandy Alcantara. He has been better than Musgrove this year, him and Gonsolin. Uh, David Bednar, former Padre, Corbin Burns for the Brewers, Luis Castillo, uh, who the Padres have had interest in. Edwin Diaz, Max Freed, Tony Gonsolin, Josh Hader. Fox Sports, their MLB account, they had Hader listed as a starter, so they clearly have no idea what they're talking about. Uh, but he's a reliever. Ryan Helsley is pitching well for the Cardinals. Clayton Kershaw, Joe Mantiply for the Diamondbacks, and then Joe Musgrove for our Padres. He was the last guy named on the list. It was just by alphabetical order, though. Uh, but I, I would think if he's available, he's probably going to pitch the third inning, maybe. Would they give the starter two innings? Don't know who the starter is going to be yet, but maybe they give the starter two innings, and then they have Musgrove and Alcantara go after Gonsolin if Gonsolin uh, starts the game. Looking at, I mean, there's not a whole lot of snubs. I mean, Ty France, I feel like, is a snub on the AL side, former Padre. He's pitched really, really well. Uh, But there's not a ton of snubs that I can think of just looking at the list. First glance at the list. Um, Carlos Rodon, he didn't make it, right? He seems like a snub, so I guess him. Rodon and France are two that stand out to me. Let me know in the chat if you have any other All-Star Game snubs. Taylor Rodgers is not a snub. Uh, Crony, I, I don't feel like it's really a snub. I'm not surprised they didn't make it. Um, yeah, Rodon and what's his name? Um, who did I just say? Rodon and uh, 
I totally blanked on who I just said. Rodon and Ty France, sorry. I was thinking two NL guys, no. Uh, France and uh, Rodon. JD's third says Will Smith from the Dodgers was a surefire snub. Was he? I don't know. I mean, Will Smith, he's good. But Contreras deserves it more. William Contreras played really well for the Braves so far this year. Let me look up Will Smith's stats here. That's the wrong Will Smith. That's the Braves' Will Smith. Uh, so Dodgers catcher Will Smith. He's hitting 258 this year, 13 bombs, 122 OPS, OPS over uh, 800. Yeah, he's been playing well, but like he's not on the level that Contreras was this year, right? So maybe he's a snub, but I'm a Padre fan, so I'm going to say that the Dodger was not a snub. How's that? Um, all right. So we talked about the series. It's a disappointing, for me, my takeaways, it's a disappointing split because of the way that the series started and how poor the offense looked the last two games of the series. And then you take into account that now the Padres are going to Colorado where they suck and they just can't win games there. It's not looking great. Um, now the Padres could go score 20 runs in the next two games and definitely make make me feel a lot better. But scoring two runs in the last two games, you had the pitching advantage it felt like going into today, and then Gore sucked. Uh, you do nothing against Rodon yesterday. And the first two games were good, and, well, kind of. Thursday, and you take into account also that Thursday wasn't a great win, I don't think just because the offense wasn't there. Like, Musgrove, if he didn't pitch that great, they wouldn't have won that game. They wouldn't have been into extra innings. So it was a disappointing split for me. Like, I didn't think they played great three of these four games in this series. Friday, they played great. City Connect jerseys, maybe they should wear those every game. Um, fans seem to love them. I, I like the hat. I have the hat. Uh, for anyone that saw on social media, you probably saw the picture that I had with Crony. I like the hat. Not a huge fan of the jerseys. But, hey, the Padres are going to win in them, then they're great, you know. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was a disappointing four-game split. Moving on to Colorado, though, the Padres already have their pitching matchups out. I believe Shamanaya is starting tomorrow. It's a series that they should win and kind of have to win. I mean, they're eight games back now of the of the Dodgers. So... The Cubs did not help them this uh, weekend at Dodger Stadium. Monday at 5.40, Manaya on the mound for the Padres against Urania. Um, Tuesday, Clev goes up against Austin Gomber. Gomber they got in the Nolan Arenado deal. Wednesday, Musgrove goes up against Chad Cool at 5.40. So that needs to be a win. The Clev game needs to be a win as well because of how good he's been pitching. Uh, for most of his starts this year. Padres-Rockies series finale on Thursday at 12-10. Kyle Freeland for the Rockies. Blake Snell for the Padres. I hope they'd be able to win that game based on the progression that I've seen from Blake Snell in his last few starts. So definitely feels like a three out of four uh, series that they should win. 
uh, and take three out of four in Colorado at Coors Field. This is a team that you need to beat. You want to keep pace with the Dodgers? The Dodgers beat the Rockies. The Padres haven't been able to do that at Coors Field this year, and it kind of it's getting irritating. It already is irritating, um, but it's definitely more irritating as this lead, you know, lengthens for the Dodgers in the National League West. And I don't want, you know, I'm if if they don't win the National League West this year against the Dodgers, it's not the end of the world. I still believe they're a playoff team. You don't have to win the division to make the playoffs, as I feel like some people on Twitter feel like they do. Um, but you win the division, you're going to be a top two seed, right? You would think. And so you'd get a bye along with probably the Mets in the first round, the wild card series. You wouldn't have to play that. But if you don't win the division, then you have to play a wild card series, whether that's a home or away. And if you have to face the Dodgers, let's say, in that National League Division Series, if you beat the Cardinals or the Phillies or the Braves, whoever it might be, you're probably going to be throwing out there like Shamanaya or something game one. I'm not saying I'm not confident in him, but I'd rather have Musgrove be out there game one against Walker Buehler or Tony Gonsolin uh, and rested than having him have to pitch the wild card series. And, you know, you, ha- you already have that, mis- that mismatch uh, in game one in the division series, right? And you're playing on the road, right? So that's where you obviously want to win the division. But if they don't win the division, it's not the end of the world, you know? We saw them win the wild card series with a team that I don't believe was as talented as this team is, at least when they're healthy, uh, when they beat the Cardinals in 2020. And I think that the fans make a big difference at Petco. And if we're healthy... I think we can give the pod or the Dodgers a run for their money. You know, assuming that Preller makes a few additions at before the trade deadline, right? So um, I'm not, you know, gonna get so, you know, really, really pissed off if the Padres lose the division this year to the Dodgers. Like the Dodgers, they're lengthening this lead and it's gonna be hard to catch up in this lead or catch up with this lead that the Dodgers have. Uh, if Tatis is going to be out for, you know, almost another month, three weeks, and the Dodgers continue to beat teams they should beat, the Padres can't beat the Rockies. And they're splitting games, splitting series against the Giants, uh, scoring two runs in their last two games, you know. So those are my thoughts on how the NL West is happening right now. A little Colorado pitching matchup preview. Uh, they don't have another off day before the All-Star break, so bullpen... We'll see what they can do. Uh, starting pitching is going to be pretty dang important, like it's been all season because of how the offense has underwhelmed most times, most games. Um, but starting pitching is going to be more important because with no off days for the next uh, week, right? Week and, yeah, week. Uh, you want that bullpen to be rested for when you have to use them. And you probably don't want to be going to Taylor Scott every day, you know, and Lamette. All right, let's finish this off with some comments, some questions. JD's third set is, if the Padres get swept in Colorado, it's over for Preller. Don't wait for the deadline to can his butt. Nine years is enough. Has he been here for nine years already? Dang. I guess he took over before that 2015 season, right? Dang. Yeah, 
He's been here for eight and let's call it eight and a half years. And he has one playoff appearance to show for it. No playoff appearances in full seasons. I agree with your frustration, but I think he's made a lot of good moves. Moves. What are moves? A lot of good moves to put the team in a good position to go make the postseason and make a deep run with the starting pitching that he has. So, yeah, I think you definitely have to. They're not going to fire him midseason. Seidler, you know, said before the season, I didn't agree with this, but he said before the season that this is a must-win year. So, or it's, excuse me, he said it's not a must-win year for Preller. He doesn't feel like that. So it doesn't feel like there's a lot of urgency for Seidler in terms of Preller's job. And so you guys, there's some people that all they want to talk about is A.J. Preller's job. It's like, this guy's safe. He's worried about the draft right now. The draft is next week. He's worried about that. He's a scout at heart. Yeah, he's on the phone all the time. He's not sleeping, but he's worried about the draft right now. I would think is his top priority because he's a scout at heart, you know? Um, so there's not going to be a whole lot of urgency until the draft's over from AJ, I don't think. Johnny, are you a Dodger fan? Totally don't agree with this. Musgrove to LA in the offseason. Uh, the one team I believe he would not sign with is the Dodgers. And then the Giants are probably a close second. Even if the Dodgers, you know, offered him $300 million, I don't think he'd go there. All right. Again, if you did not uh, catch my interview with Alana Rizzo, I know there was someone in the comments that loved the interview. I appreciate that. Uh, that was episode 195, I believe. That is out on YouTube and on the podcast platforms. Talked about Musgrove, the Dodgers-Padres rivalry, uh, and a lot of other good stuff. So I encourage you to check that out. This has been episode 196 of the Talking Fargers podcast and YouTube show. I'm your host, Ben Fadden, signing off. This episode has been brought to you by Gaglione Bros, famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries. Hope everyone enjoys their Sunday night or their Monday, whenever you're listening or watching this. And go Padres. All right, I'll see you guys later.